So many times I tried to destroy my random tables, tear them up, burn them, but all I can think is, all those cells will be lost in time like tears in rain. Come in, my child, out of the cold, and listen how the story's told. From fairy tales to happenstance, the dice rule every random chance. Take off your coat and stay a while, we'll roll in that deep time. Hello everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Deeper Centile Podcast. And I have to begin with a great big thank you to Liren, who has absolutely come through again on the intros. I've got a whole batch of these, although that one is going to take some beating. <laughs> That's Liren from the Updates from the Middle of Nowhere podcast thank you so much while i'm doing the thanks thanks as usual to tj drennan for the theme tune which i still love dearly all right i'm going to sound a bit more upbeat this episode i'm aware i might have sounded a bit low energy last time i put something out this is my second proper episode of season two i don't really know what i'm doing with the seasons and the numbering um, I resolved only to put things out as numbered episodes if they actually had random tables in, but I've had so many call-ins and things like that. I think I'm just going to go back to numbering the episodes in season two, whether they got random tables or not, because otherwise I get completely lost with what I'm doing. But uh, this is the episode I promised to put out a little while ago about uh, Borderlands 3. So it's my Borderlands 3 tie-in. I am very excited to be uh, talking about Borderlands 3. I didn't even know if there was going to be a third Borderlands game. It's been many years, been waiting for a long time. Uh, and my tie-in is that I'm going to talk about Savage Borderlands, which is uh, a Savage Worlds fan product. Um, because whenever I end up playing Borderlands for any substantial period of time, I just want to play in that world. But I've got too many things on at the moment, even if I wasn't busy with getting back to work. I'm actually running a game, which is on Roll20, which is a great position to be in. I'm playing, hopefully, in a couple of games if I can get my act together to actually turn up to the sessions. So I won't have time to convince anybody to play a Borderlands-themed game, but I can at least tell you guys about this great fan product, which has got some really good fun random tables, and I will roll on them. I suppose I might say if you're not massively interested in either Savage Worlds or Borderlands, then this is not an episode for you, but you should be. Um, I've talked about Savage Worlds before. I'm not going to spend a great deal of time convincing you to play Savage Worlds, but don't take my word for it about what a great franchise uh, the Borderlands video game is. Here is somebody else to tell you about it. I'm sure that I'm not alone when I say that my love for the Borderlands franchise was fueled by the humor, the sarcasm, the... EXPLOSIONS! 
wit and just the off-the-wall brand of humor that Borderlands 2 embraced. Explosions! It felt gonzo, but it didn't feel like they were pandering or uh, making fun of anything more than themselves. And then the DLCs dropped and I got a chance to play Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. Take my sword gun. And at the end of Tiny Tina's, the game really hits you in the feels, and I won't spoil anything there, but that's when the game really cemented itself as one of my all-time favorites. There you go, there's Jeff, Tome of All Dooms, to tell you why you should be interested in the Borderlands franchise. Sorry about all the rustling in that section preceding Jeff there, but what an episode today. I've got Liren and Jeff got the full set. Anyway, as Jeff says, Borderlands has got a wonderful brand of gonzo humour, which you really have to experience to understand. Very in tune with my sort of British 2000 AD loving sensibilities. It's got beautiful animation, which for a while they were calling cell shading, but there's some controversy about whether it is cell shading or not. But it was quite a pioneering art style, sort of Mad Max in space. The Borderlands are these blasted planets, particularly on Pandora, but this, this uh, new Borderlands 3 takes you to a range of different planets. Uh, which are populated by Mad Max-style psycho bandits uh, and various horrible creatures, spider ants and skags, and all sorts of things that only want to tear you limb from limb. Uh, and one of the things it does really well, one of the really addictive elements of the game, is the loot generation. There are endless combinations of guns, Millions and millions and millions of different possibilities for guns. So you're constantly picking up new guns, comparing them against the ones you had before, chucking away your old guns and uh, carrying on looking for new ones. Sorry for all the fidgeting and rustling. I'm not doing very well with the audio today, but I'm sure as hell not going to go back and re-record this, so you'll just have to accept my apologies. I am looking at Savage Borderlands, which is 190 pages of Savage Worlds fan product. In my view, one of the best free things you can find on the internet. It's by Bryce Naudin, N-A-U-D-I-N. It is, uh, it's been around a couple of years. It is based on the first three Borderlands games, excluding the Telltale Games stories that are set in the Borderlands universe. Borderlands 3 is actually the fourth of the Borderlands game. There were, of course, Borderlands, Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel. Savage Borderlands is actually compatible with the Explorer edition of Savage Worlds. It's not compatible with the Adventure edition. Controversially, however, when I run Savage Worlds, I am likely to stick with the Explorer edition. I've talked about this a little bit uh, on the podcast before. I don't actually think the Adventure edition of Savage Worlds, uh, I have yet to be convinced that it is an improvement. I think um, some of the changes that have been made in the latest version of Savage Worlds have introduced some creaks 
which I find quite irritating to the game experience. So this is compatible with the Explorer Edition, which is my favoured version of Savage Worlds in any case. So Savage Borderlands has got all the races and feats that you could want to play any of the classes from those first three games, including you can be a claptrap, of course, the little annoying comic relief robot, uh, which is playable, I think, in Borderlands the pre-sequel. Uh, there are just tons of feats here, cybernetics, feats for your digestructed weapons, digestructed companions and so on, everything you could want. There are details on psionics and new psionic powers so that you can play the sirens from those games and replicate everything that they can do. You've got all kinds of setting rules, including rules for shields, which are a little bit fiddly, but enable you to uh, track your shield being depleted and then uh, recharging after a certain delay, which is one of the important uh, aspects of the play of Borderlands. Uh, you've got rules for the various special damage types, shock damage, incendiary damage, explosive damage and corrosive damage, which are a little bit more than simply trappings because in Borderlands it really matters uh, if your gun has got one of those special damage types. Uh, there are rules for the fight for your life mode, that frantic kind of mode in Borderlands where you are nearly dead but you've got a certain amount of time. If you score a kill you can get back up again. And then you've got a range of different modes ranging from uh, total video game, canon video game to realistic which give you options for how you deal with death in the game. Obviously in Borderlands when you die you respawn at a nearby location but there's a nice flavorful in-game explanation for that. You are redigestructed at a new U station which you pay a subscription to be able to use or you well you pay a variety of different fees depending on how much wealth you've got to be able to use. Um, and so this Conversion offers you a, a variety of different modes depending on the kind of feel you want for your table. So all of that um, really, to me, goes a long way to emulating the Borderlands uh, console or video game experience at your table. But of course we haven't yet got to the loot, which is where this conversion really shines. So the point is in Borderlands, all of those guns are procedurally generated. So that just encourages you to keep playing, keep playing. There's always new and strange guns to be discovered. And on page 42 here we are told, Savage Borderlands includes a system allowing you to experience the joy of discovering randomly generated stuff as if you were playing the Borderlands video games. And in the game you have loot of various different rarities. So you get really excited if you see, you know, the standard loot is white, but if you see a gun that is green or purple or better still sort of gold or orange you get very very excited because that's much rarer and likely to be uh, much more exciting stuff so the way uh, this game deals with it is by giving out loot points so it doesn't throw uh, a pistol at you or a grenade launcher at you um, but the GM as appropriate gives you a loot point. Loot points um, can be of uh, 
unfixed quality or if the GM wants to give you a particular reward they can give you a, a coloured loot point and then when you cash that in for a bit of loot you will automatically get an item of that rarity but the norm is that uh, when you decide to cash in a loot point you roll to discover how rare it is. So loot points can be used to refill an ammo indicator so you don't track money like you do in Borderlands to buy your ammo. You spend loot points to refill uh, an ammo indicator to randomly generate an item, that's what we're going to get excited about, a weapon, a grenade mod or a shield, or to heal the last wound received by the character. So again, in this game, you don't track, you don't buy um, heal ups separately. These are all things that you might find scattered around on the ground when you've uh, opened a box or killed something in Borderlands. All of that is rendered um, through loot points in the RPG. And then we're told outside of combat, spending a loot point allows a character to benefit from any of the effects above as well as these. Randomly generate a weapon, grenade mod or shield of the type chosen by the player. A submachine gun or rocket launcher for example. Pay for a fraction of another character's resurrection if you're using particular um, new use station rules. And various other things. So the way that works, if you decide you desperately want to cash in a, a loot point during a fight, then that has to be completely randomly generated because it would be the equivalent as if, of if something had been spawned and you just picked it up. Whereas if you take a bit of time outside of a fight, then you can at least choose your... Um, your category. You can choose whether you're going to get a shield or a grenade mod or a pistol because that's to a certain extent um, reproducing the experience of going to one of Marcus's vending machines in the game and buying uh, whatever specific weapon of that type is currently for sale. So we're going to do a completely random roll for uh, a loot item. Firstly then, starting at page 46 in the book, we are rolling a d20 to determine the category of the item that has been spawned. Roll 12, which gives us a shotgun. Fantastic. Next, we're going to roll randomly for the item's quality. 17. This is a blue or pink. All right, that's rare. Not the rarest, but pretty rare. Now we're going to roll for the basic shotgun type d20 again 20 this is a triple barreled shotgun and then we're going to roll for the make uh, which of the various corporations which are quite important in the borderlands verse produce this triple barreled shotgun for it is a bandit room cleaner all right the stats for our triple barreled shotgun made by a bandit are that its range is short range 3, medium range 6, long range 12. That's the worst range of all the shotguns. It does, in Savage Worlds, shotguns do between 1 and 3 d6 of damage, depending on what range they're at. But it shines with its rate of fire, being triple barreled. It's got a, a, a rate of fire of 3. It's the heaviest of the shotguns. It's got the biggest clip. It holds 10 shots. And it's the only one of the shotguns that has a strength requirement. It's got a d6 strength requirement. Um, yes, all shotguns work just as they do in Savage Worlds Deluxe. 
Um, shotguns with more than one barrel use the standard rules with one exception barrels must always be fired all at once so you're going to fire those three shots all at once I think you can fire them all at the same target or at three different targets or if I remember the multi-fire rules have changed in um, in the latest edition of Savage Worlds I think they have simplified but a lot of the other changes as I said before I don't particularly like given that our shotgun is of blue quality we can actually uh, roll two additional improvements to those stats so here we go the first roll 17 barrels uh, we get to add a barrel the limit is four but we now have a four barreled shotgun if we roll that again we have to do something else because the limit is four barrels uh, let's go one more time three damage uh, we get to add to the damage i think I'm going to check, but I think that means we get to upgrade the damage die. Yes, I've checked, it does. It means instead of doing 3d6, 2d6 and 1d6, depending on range, it does 3d6 plus 1, 2d6 plus 1, and so on. I didn't look at the... Uh, each manufacturer has got manufacturer-specific um, touches that it adds to the weapon. The bandit's touch is that the clip capacity is doubled, the magazine capacity of the weapon is doubled. Yes, and then there are special effects that has on some guns. I wonder if that is shotguns. No, it's not. So the clip capacity is simply doubled, which is fantastic. So it's with the uh, weapon and equipment generation that I think Savage Borderlands really shines. There are tons and tons of, of possible combinations and it doesn't get too unwieldy because of the um, that mechanic whereby players get loot points and they don't actually have to roll up the weapon until they decide to cash in a loot point and if they do that outside of uh, combat they can at least choose the weapon type that they want um, so the tables you've got here as I say you've got tables for the quality and the category of weapon then you've got a table for uh, that determines um, uh, manufacturer and specific type you've got one of those for pistols SMGs assault rifles sniper rifles shotguns rocket launchers and shields uh, and grenade modifiers then you've got your table for that tells you how many improvements you get dependent on quality oh you also oh that's a point um i also uh get improvements depending on the rank of the weapon so i am actually allowed to roll for further improvements um, and then uh, GMs are given option, how, options about how they want to use rank. So the rank could be determined according to the owner's rank. Um, you know, if the if the loot point was was obtained by killing someone, it could be linked to perhaps the adventure difficulty or the location difficulty or the PC's rank when they find the item. Yes, but even seasoned rank. Uh, would get me another one improvement up to legendary rank which would get me four improvements so really really high level really really rare items if you had an orange item which gets you four improvements through its rarity that was also legendary that would get you another four improvements um, and that uh, corresponds to the two main scaling uh, mechanisms in the in the video game where of course you've got the color rarity but you've also got um, uh, 
uh, ranks so even if you get a very rare weapon over time during the game you'll want to replace it with something else because uh, it will be superseded by um, less rare but higher ranked items and you've got tables and tables and tables uh, a table of improvements for each different weapon type they're quite extensive um, you've got um, the stats for all of the different base weapon types you've got all of your manufacturer specific stats then you've got um, most of the improvements have tables also showing uh, the various stages of improvement and as I've said I find that a real strength of the game as I've said shields are the main sort of armor type in Borderlands you've also got some rules here for mundane armor for melee weapons uh, that uh, last result option uh, which various character types make more of in the Borderlands game stats for all of your various zany vehicles and vehicular weapons uh, what else have you got here then you've got um, significant treatment of the various antagonists how to overlay elemental types onto the antagonists so instead of having just a spider ant you've got a corrosive spider ant which will you know um, damage you with its acid and also resist your acid weapon stats for bandits and all the various different kinds of xenos and all those beasties and antagonists go on for a good nearly 100 pages um, including all sorts of templates that you can overlay to keep your antagonists really varied and surprising. So that has covered Savage Borderlands. Um, as a fan product, the various Savage Worlds um, terms are used with permission, but of course there's no permission to use any of the Borderlands franchise so it's a it's a, it's a free product that you can download that's me for today I've been storing up call-ins for days so at some point this week I'll just put out an episode probably a um, couple more things on ducks and halflings and a few other bits that I've been saving uh, until I talk to you again Keep rolling on those random tables. And thanks very much for listening. And thanks again, of course, to Liren and Jeff for my extra bits. Oh, and of course, I've put a link to download Savage Borderlands in the show notes. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, email dpercentile at gmail.com, or find him on Twitter at D underscore percentile.